This podcast is a part of the Carbon Almanac Network of Podcasts. Hi, I'm Imma. I live in Scotland. Hi, I'm Jen and I'm from Canada. Hi, I'm Oladranji and I'm from Nigeria. Hello, I'm Liki and I live in Paris. Hey, I'm Rod. I'm from Peru. Welcome to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. In our conversations, we share ideas, perspectives, questions, and things we can actually do to make a difference. So don't be shy and join our Carbon Sessions because it's not too late. Hi, I'm Liki. Hi, I'm Ola Banji. Okay, Ola Banji, you said that you want to talk about roundabouts today. And do you know which country in the world has the most roundabouts per capita? Have a guess. Uh, uh, well, I didn't know like that there was a competition for roundabouts. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but I'm not sure. You tell me. It's a country in Europe, and actually, it's in France. The France and Spins have the most roundabouts. I think the France wow. is the one that has the most roundabouts. And actually, roundabouts are everywhere in France. I don't know, if, you know, one of the landmark sites in Paris is Arc de Triomphe. It's like, yeah. you know, this big arch right in Paris. And um, usually you see pictures with lots of cars driving around. And um, and so, and there are 12 big avenues around this roundabout. It's huge. It's probably one of the most difficult driving sites in Paris. Wow. I mean, I see a picture of it now. Someone has given me a book of a girl who's flying around the world in a balloon. So I was very little. Okay. Nobody flies yeah. around the world in a balloon. But in this book, she was flying around the world in a balloon and she was above Paris. And I remember that, uh, I remember this book and uh, I was amazed by this roundabout and I counted the number of avenues. So on the book, there was there were 12 avenues. I don't know if it's really 12 avenues, but this is something I really remember from when I was a child. Wow. And, and actually roundabouts are everywhere in France. When you drive around in France, there's everywhere. Uh, and... I think the the roundabouts are in the common almanac, right? Yeah. I mean, they are. And in the, the common almanac states that roundabouts actually help us lower carbon emissions in the most interesting way. And it probably has the most mind-blowing statistics. I mean, I couldn't have imagined that, that, that roundabouts are that effective. Oh, tell us. Yeah. So, I mean, based on a study done in Virginia... Um, Mike McBride, the former city engineer of, of Carmel, Indiana, he estimates that one roundabout in his city, uh, in a city of about 100,000 people, saves 75,708 liters of gas annually. That's, that's a lot. How much is that? That is a lot. Uh, and and I mean, think about it. They, they say that there's a study that was also done in 2005 Roundabouts would actually save about 981 million hours of driving and fuel consumption by over 2 billion liters. 
if all wow yeah if just 10 percent of the intersections in the united states with with traffic lights were converted to roundabouts that's the amount of energy and time that will be saved about two billion liters of gas and so how how so why roundabouts are so effective in saving traffic time and uh and fuel consumption i don't drive so i don't know <laughs> uh well yeah I, i think i think a number of things i think first of all um rather than being idle in the car waiting for the light to turn from red to green there's really no stopping and so um first of all there's a smooth flow of traffic and it just saves time so people can drive around rather than waiting um on a single in a single spot for for a long time and you know traffic lights can build up traffic very very fast and that happens in Nigeria um and and I know that it, it definitely happens in other parts of the world for sure you mean traffic jam yeah and so there's this traffic jam and okay. and that's just that just goes away with with roundabouts and i think the other part is there's no need for electricity i mean there's no red red light green light so no. there's no need for electricity <laughs> and the the coolest part is we can have trees inside the roundabouts and we can have really nice you know plants oh, can, can you have trees because you need to see what's uh you need to see what's on the other end of the i mean on the other when as you go around you don't actually you don't need to see what's um um what's on the other direction do yeah. you well maybe for some roundabouts you might have to but i doubt if that's if that hap- that has to happen in all roundabouts cuz i mean i see i see a lot of pictures since i started looking up roundabouts and i see some beautiful trees in some parts of the world and some even have like it's almost like a I wouldn't say forest but it's it's like a few trees knitted together and just just being cute if if that word applies so <laughs> so that's great because it it makes the traffic smoother yeah so safe time and also driving time yeah um does not require electricity and maintenance yeah. i mean not maintenance for the the light bulb of the traffic lights yeah uh and uh are they more effective in terms of accident i don't know uh i don't know as well um but personally i don't hear of too many accidents that happen um around about at least not not around where i mean i see accidents a number of times but hardly ever i don't think i've even seen one happen um at around about so i don't know if that might be a factor um I don't know if it's generally safer or maybe there's no difference yet but um but I don't I don't think so. Mm. And so what are the disadvantages of roundabouts? Because if it's so good if you should have them everywhere. Yeah. Um I I I'm I'm not sure if there are too many disadvantages of roundabouts. I think um I think it it's up space for sure. that's one thing cuz you know oh. yeah that's some land you have to give away to um to build a roundabout and so traffic lights generally don't require so much space um they're literally mm-hmm. just up 
um, but but roundabouts would require some space um, and maybe more maintenance um, as well. I think the other thing to it is if, I mean, most drivers are used to traffic lights, especially if that's a lot more in the places that they drive. And so getting used to the fact that maybe there's no traffic light here anymore, there's now a roundabout, might take a while. Um, but I don't think that's a hard thing to adjust to generally. So, yeah, I don't know that many disadvantages that that roundabouts have except the land that they take up. I'm, I'm reading in the Carbon Almanac that also drivers are initially opposed to change. I think this is the one of the biggest problems. It's not so much about the roundabout, but it's change. It's humans, Yeah. right? Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. We're, we're a bit opposed to change as humans, but if, I mean, if there's a decision to build a roundabout and the roundabout is there, you, you're going to have to drive around it. I don't know how opposed to change you are, <laughs> but <laughs> if you want to get to where <laughs> you're going, <laughs> you're, you're going yeah, to have to drive well, around it. Yeah. Yeah, but, well, actually, uh, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, uh, humans are animals of habits. Yeah. So if they have been, they have been used to do something in a certain way, mm. when they are asked or requested to do things differently, yeah. they the first reaction say, "Oh, no, I don't. I oppose. Yeah. I don't want this. I reject this." Yeah. And I think this is the one of the main barrier to to uh, energy transition mm. because, um, yeah, a lot of things are very convenient, and um, and we're asked to do things differently. And I think that's that's why it's it's so difficult. It's taking so long. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um, and that's a humanity thing and it happens in all areas regardless. Um, and, and, you know, just like you said, that's happening with power as well. It's like, well, you get better, would we'll, we'll have a safer planet if you move to green energy. It's like, no, I don't know how that works. Just the thought of change can be terrifying. It's like, well, I have not tried it before. I don't know how it works or how it might work. What if it doesn't work? What if it breaks down? Nobody else around me is using this or doing this. I don't see that much of it around. I, you know, And those kinds of thoughts are generally barriers to change. Um, so I totally agree with you on that end. I think that's a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah, and, and you know... Um... These days, actually, this this summer, we probably will have lots of problems in terms of water in France. Wow! In Europe, in general, but in France because um because the winter has been very very dry, and so it is there's a forecast of water shortage in France. Probably not in Paris, but uh, we have to be careful because uh, we we live on the same resources, and um, I've been thinking of. You know how difficult it would be for me to change my water consumption because it's, you know, I just open the tap and then uh, oh, that's plenty of water coming running through the tap. Yeah. And so it's like it's it's like it costs money, but it doesn't cost so much. And yeah. so, and I'm not forced to think of it differently. Mm. And um, when I try to 
think of, okay, how can I do, I mean, of course, uh, we know that individual actions don't have a big impact, but it's good to have them. So I'm trying to think, to consider how, how I could do better. And yeah. the other day I had a problem in my building because um, there's some um, sewage from in my building. And so the water was cut and I know was not cut. There was some, um, there was planning to have a water cut. And so uh, for a whole day, and it forced me to think of how I could use water differently. Mm. And um, so maybe, you know, the way of making us humans change is to, you know, to say, okay, you have no choice, but consider the change and uh, live the change because you have no other solutions. Uh, yeah, that's, um, I mean, I, I totally agree with that. Um, but I hope that this is something that we start to consider. Um, I think roundabouts are, I mean, maybe think about it this way, roundabouts are a lot more fun than waiting for, I mean, time is precious, so maybe maybe it's not that bad. <laughs> um, as far as roundabouts go, it's like, well, have fun driving around, and, you know, it's better than boring lights waiting for it to turn it's like time just time just increases in value it's like oh my god i've been here for 20 minutes you wouldn't be that angry if you were eating dinner for 20 minutes or doing something else for 20 minutes it's like well here's an opportunity hmm. to not have to literally count the seconds um waiting for i mean and i can be like that sometimes i'm like oh it's the red light's going to be there for 30 seconds so stopwatch <laughs> Uh, but the thing is that when you wait times in longer, that's that's another issue where you have to wait. Yeah. You have to be patient. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed yeah. that. Yeah. True. I wonder mm. I wonder if there is any roundabouts in Bhutan. Remember, we had this conversation yeah, about Bhutan. We did. And one thing I read is that there is no traffic light or there was no traffic light in Bhutan because there are not many people driving cars. Mm. So I wonder if they have roundabouts there. Man, I have no idea, but that would be an interesting thing to, to learn. Um, that would be, be really great. And, and thinking about it, that's probably the only substitute for traffic lights. Um, yeah, so that's, that's probably a question that I would like to ask our Bhutanese listeners, if there's anybody listening to this podcast from Bhutan, yeah. please tell us if there are roundabouts in Bhutan. Yeah, let us know if you have any roundabouts and if you have all roundabouts um, and, and maybe, you know, we should plan a visit to Bhutan, although they don't like visitors, but, you know, maybe they'll let us in. <laughs> yeah, well, but I who knows? There might be people listening to our podcast from Bhutan. Yeah, <laughs> and and it'll be fun to to really hear from you guys if you're listening. So send us a voice message, um, carbonalmanac.com forward slash podcast, and you'd be able to record your voice and tell us what's it like in Bhutan. A message. You have, yeah. A voice message. Yeah, just record a voice message if you have roundabouts would be happy to know and probably bring you on to talk a bit more about it so take the chance and let's have some fun while we solve the climate crisis great 
Thank you for this conversation, Aura Benji. Thank you. It's been an interesting one. And see you next time. You've been listening to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. We'd love you to join the Carbon Sessions so you too can share your perspectives from wherever you are. This is a great way for our community to learn from your ideas and experiences, connect, and take action. If you want to add your voice to the conversation, go to thecarbonalmanac.org slash podcasts and sign up to be part of a future episode. This podcast is also part of the Carbon Almanac Network. For more information, to sign up for the emails, to join the movement, and to order your copy of the Carbon Almanac, go to thecarbonalmanac.org. Be sure to subscribe and join us here again as together we can change the world.